Good morning, everyone. Hope you have a wonderful day. We continue. We left off. We're in the third chapter of Nedarim 26a on the top. So yesterday we learned in the Mishnah that what if a person says he sees from a distance people are eating, are eating his figs, and he says he says that it's like it's like a, I make a vow, it's a sacrifice to you. You're not allowed to eat from it. I'm making my figs prohibited to you. It's sacred. Then he comes closer and he sees his father and his brother are eating. They're part of the ground. Hey, well, of course, he never meant... To, he never, of course, his father and his brother could eat from his figs. He thought it was strangers. And here it's a mixture of strangers and his father and his brother. So, 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 uh, um, so Beit Shammai says that the father and the brother are allowed to, allowed to eat from it. But the vow remains in effect for all the strangers. And Basila says, no. Zil says that there's no vow. Since there's no vow for the father and the brother, now there's no vow for the strangers. Okay. So the mother brings, the mother brought, we learned, we learned in the Mishnah. Later on in the tractate, the Mishnah says that what if, what if a person says, this whole year, I'm not allowed to eat, eat, eat meat or drink wine. I'm going vegetarian for a year and no wine. Okay. Now, come Shabbos, comes Yamtiv. You have to eat. You have to make Kiddush on wine. Yamtiv, you have to eat meat. So we tell them, if you would have known that by, as a result of your vow, you're not allowed to eat meat or drink wine on Shabbos of Yamtiv, would you make this vow? He says, no, I would never have made this vow. Right, he would say, except Shabbos and Yantav, he would say, "I make a vow for the year. I'm going vegetarian, or I'm not drinking wine, and I'm not drinking wine, with the exception of Shabbos and Yantav." So the Mishnah says over there. So we make an opening. We tell him, we ask him, "Had you known that as a result of your vow, you would have been prohibited from drinking wine or eating meat on Shabbos and Yantav, would you have done it?" And he says, "No." And he's telling the truth. He has no. He's not. He's not shaming him into admitting. Uh, you know, he's ashamed to say that he would have embarrassed. Him. Yes. No, no, no. No one could self-nullify. He's going to the rabbis, and it was a nullifying for him. But they're making an opening, they're asking if he truly regrets it. Would you have done it? And he says yes. In the beginning, they would say that the vow is nullified, meaning he's allowed to make kiddush and allowed to drink wine and eat meat and Shabbos and Yanta, but the rest of the year, his vow is still in effect. Rabbi Kiva came and said that since the vow is partially permitted, then the whole vow is permitted. He can't have a partial vow. Once you release part of the vow, you release the whole vow. So now it's no longer binding. You're allowed to even eat and meat and drink wine the rest of the year. So that's like, like that's like uh, that's like Hillel's opinion in our mission. The mission the mother's comparing the two verdicts. It's like almost the same case, even though it's not exactly the same case. Here, in our mission, uh, it was a mistake. He saw people from a distance. He didn't. He thought they were strangers. He assumed they were all strangers. He comes close. He realizes it's his brother and his father, his favorite people. Of course, he never meant. He would never have made a vow. It was a mistake. So over there you can understand Basil's opinion that if you release part of it, you release all of it. Here it's not a mistake. When he made a vow 
that you're not going to eat, you're going to be a vegetarian for a whole year, you're not going to drink wine a whole year. He knows that every year contains Shabbos and Yom Tiv. it comes around every seven days. It's not like he forgot. It wasn't a mistake. His mistake was, and maybe he thought that Shabbos is a mitzvah, so he's allowed. Of course, he never meant that Shabbos is not going to do a mitzvah, he's not going to make Kiddush. He meant that a whole year he's going vegetarian. But nevertheless, since, since, since he, 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 made him, he didn't realize that the effect of his vow that now he's not allowed to make Kiddush, and now he's not allowed to drink, eat meat in Shabbos and Yom Shabbos also, it's ideal. You, you should, Shabbos meal should be fat and should be beautiful, and you should, you should celebrate Shabbos with special, it should be a special meal. It's the argument between the rabbis and Nabi Akiva, the same argument in Shammai and Hillel. The rabbis said that, that a partial, if you release a partial, partial uh, vow, it, it applies to the, that partial part and the rest of the vow stays in effect. He's not allowed, he has to be vegetarian, no wine for the rest of the year, just except with the exception of Shabbos and Yom Tov. Rabbi Kiva says, no, you can't, you can't break up the vow. Either if you release part of it, you release the whole thing. There's no longer any vow. Just like Hillel said in our mission. Then we learned there's an argument between, between Rabbi and Rav. How they interpret the argument in our mission between Shammai and Hillel. Rabbi said that everyone agrees. Shammai and Hillel agrees. If he says, if I knew that my father was amongst you, my brother was amongst you. I would have said, I would have changed the vow. How would have I have changed it? I would have said, you're all prohibited, except for father and, and my brother. Everyone agrees in this case that the vow remains in effect for everyone else, for all the strangers, with the exception of his father. Why? Because he's using the same language. He said a vow, he said, you're all prohibited. He sees from a distance people are eating from his figs. He's not happy. He doesn't want them to touch his figs. So he says, I make a vow. It's all sacred to you. You're not allowed to touch it. It's holy for you. It's sacred. It's kachim. Then he comes close and he sees his father and his brother is amongst them. So he says, I would have said the same thing. I would have used the exact same language. You're all prohibited. But of course, with the exception of my father, I never meant my, fa- my father. So in this case, there is no partial vow. He's using the exact same language. He said, when I said all of you, I meant strangers. So that vow is still in effect. I never took that back. So even Beishama, everyone, even Beishillel would agree that the strangers, the vow remains on the strangers. And the exception is the father and the mother. He's saying the father and the brother were never, I never had that in mind in the first place. So it's not a, real, a vow that's partial released. It's not a partial release. It was never included in the first place. The, but whoever it is, doesn't matter who it is, whoever, whoever, his relatives, he never meant his relatives. But what are they arguing about if he says, if had I known that my relatives are there and I want them to eat, I don't mind if they eat, it was only strangers that I mind, I would have said, and he changes the language, I would have said that so and so, you and you are not allowed to eat. But my father, my relative, he's just giving an example, father or brother, could be anyone, my, my relative is allowed. That's the argument. Then there's the argument between shamans, because since he changes his language, uh, since he changes his language, what he's saying is that the original vow that he made, where he said, all of you are prohibited, so he's changing it. He's, rele- he's releasing part, part of that vow, he's releasing, because all of you includes everyone. Now he's saying, all of you, I takament everyone. I meant my rel- every anyone. No one is allowed to eat from it. 
Now I'm saying I'm picking. Well, picking and choosing. Well, I, now I'm changing. I would have said you and you not, you and you yes. So that's like a, a, a vow that was released partially. So that's the argument. Bishame says a vow that's released partially, the release only helps with the, that partial that you released, your relatives. Everyone else remains prohibited. And Misil says, no. Since when you said all of you, and included everyone, included your relatives, and you're releasing them, then the whole vow is null and void, and now there's no vow even on the strangers. That's how Rabba understands. Rava, Ahmed, Rava argues. Rava, on top of the page, 26a. Rava, Ahmed, Rava says, the Kuli Alma, everyone holds Kalech, and he says just the exact opposite. Everyone holds Kalech, if he says, everyone agrees that a partial release is not a release. I'm, I'm saying a partial release, if you release a vow partially, then the whole vow is, is null and void. Even Mishame agrees. So if you say first all of you, and then he changes the language. Had I known that my relative, I would have changed my language. I would have said, you and you are prohibited, but my relatives are allowed. So then he's releasing the vow when he said all of you, so he's a partial release, and then the whole vow is null and void. No one argues. What are they arguing about? The argument with the case we use the exact same language. He says that had I known that my relatives were there, I would have used the exact same language. All of you are prohibited, with the exception of my father, my brother, or whatever, whoever, whichever relative is there. So what are they arguing about? We have a classical argument between Abmeyer and Abyeisi. When a person says two things, two statements, and one contradicts the other, which one do we follow? First, the initial statement or the concluding statement? For example, if a person says, he says that the, the, the offspring of this animal is going to be a peace offering, and then immediately he says it's going to be a, a burnt offering, which one is it? Did, did the, second, the second statement cancel the first statement, and he takes back the first statement, and he goes... Or we follow the first statement. And the first statement overrides the second statement. Like, what's the status of the offspring of the animal? Is it, is it a peace offering or is it a burnt offering? It's a huge difference, a big difference. A burnt offering, you have to burn it. You can't, on the altar, you can't uh, eat it. Peace offering, you eat from. Which one do we follow? So Abmeir says you follow the first language. The first thing, that's the first impression. The first thing that he said, that's the most powerful statement. Then you ignore the second statement. But Yes says, no, you follow the concluding statement. He changed his mind. Okay, so what's the implication? Contradiction. Here the statements are not a contradiction. He never had in mind his brother and his father. It's not like his first statement contradicts his second statement. Had I known, I would have excluded. He never intended to include his family. He just was mistaken. He thought, he, he thought they were all strangers. He couldn't see. It was from a distance. So it, it was never, he never, there's no contradiction here. It's not apples to apples, but, but it is a comparison. What's the comparison? Actually, the argument there is about a tamura. If you, if you take a regular animal, you say this is instead of 
a peace offering, a tamura, a substitute. Or, and then he says, instead of, it's a substitute for, for a burnt offering. So which one is it? So you follow the first or you follow the second? Okay, so how does, how does he explain our argument in Hillel and Shah? So he's saying, even though it's not apples to apples, but, but based on this, on, this, uh, on this criteria, whether you follow, whether the first language, the first expression is primary, the second expression, that's the argument. Beit Shammai says that the first, the first expression is like Rabbi Meir, the first expression. So when he said, all of you, that was the vow. All of you are prohibited. Later on, he revises. And had I known, I would have said, I would have said that you and you are prohibited and, 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 uh, and, and my relatives are allowed. So which one do you follow? You follow the initial language. The initial language is all of you. And now he's clarifying he never ever intended to have his relatives. When he said all of you, he thought they were all strangers. He never had in mind his relatives. So therefore, when he permits his relatives, it's not a, a vow that's partially released. It was never included. So the relatives are allowed to eat, and, and, and he's not allowed to eat. That's Beishamah's opinion. Beishamah says, no, you follow Rabbi Yosef. You follow the secondary language, the second language. That's primary. So the second language, he says, you and you. And, and are prohibited, he spells out, he spells, you and you are prohibited, and my father and my brother and my relatives are permitted. So then, so the, it turns out, when he made the vow initially, and he said, all of you, all of you includes all of you, including his relatives, everyone, no one is allowed to eat from him. And that's partially released, because now he's saying his relatives are. Well, if it's partially released, then the whole vow is, is null and void, because the rabbi says, everyone agrees, even the Bishamah agrees, that if it's, everyone agrees that a, 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 a vow that's partially released, the whole vow is null and void. That's what he said. If he, if he doesn't change the language, even Bishamah agrees that it's allowed because the, the vow is partially released, so it's not binding on anyone. Anyone is allowed to eat from it. The question is, is it partial release or not? In the case where he changes the language, first he said, all of you are pivoted. And then he says, had I known, I would have said, you and you are pivoted and you and you, my relatives are, are allowed. And so the question is, if you follow the initial language of that's primary, so then nothing, so then he, he's saying that he never had a mind when he said all of you, he never ever included his relatives. So he's not releasing any part of the vow. The vow stays intact 100%. So the vow remains intact for all the strangers. Versus, Beis Hillel says that we follow Rabbi Yossi, we follow the secondary language, it's, it's changing the language. So what he's saying is when he said all of you included everyone, no one is allowed to eat, including his relatives. Now he's changing it. He's saying, no, my relatives, yes, and you not. So then it's, a re- it's the initial vow is partially released. If the vow is partially released, the whole thing is cancelled and therefore the vow doesn't apply in anyone. That's how Rav The argument in Rav and Rav. Rav says that Shammai and Hillel are arguing this itself, this halacha itself, whether a partial release is, is, is a full release on anyone, everyone. And Rav says, no, everyone agrees that a partial release is a release. The question is, is it a partial release or not? Now the Gemara asks, Ace with a papa challenger of. We learn, we learned in the Mishnah. This is a continuation of the previous Mishnah that he quoted. How is this? Rabbi Kiva said that a vow that's been partially 
partially released. It's released in its entirety. If he says, he says to a group of people that I make a vow that none of you are allowed to benefit from, from me. Any of you. All my property to you, to the you is sacred. And then he releases one of them. If one of them is permitted, then all of them are permitted. Because a vow that's partial, partially released, the whole entire vow is released for everyone. What if he said, But if the vow is set, that I will not benefit from this one or from that one. I'm sorry, first he's talking about himself. I, he makes a vow, I am not allowed to benefit from any of you, the entire group. And then he releases the vow from one of them. He's allowed to benefit from all of them. But if he says to you and to you, I'm not going to benefit from you and you. Your property for me is, is, is sacred. I'm not allowed to benefit from... And he spells out. So if he releases the first one, then all of them are released. Because he's building on the first one. He says, your property is, is sacred to me and you and you. So it's all building on the first one. If he releases the first one, then it's like a domino. The whole thing falls down. Then, then the domino effect, you all allowed. But who to the But if he releases the last one, then the, only the last one is released because he added the last one. So he's releasing him, but all the rest remain in, in effect. Okay, that's the, that's the statement of Rabbi Kiva. So what's the question? So, according to Rabbi, who says that Beishamai doesn't hold in general. This Beishamai argues on the whole principle that a vow that's partially released, the whole vow falls apart. He disagrees with that whole concept. Kiva is talking about the exact same case of our Mishnah. He said that I'm not allowed to benefit from any of you. Then it turns out for his father is one of the group. He doesn't want to be disrespectful, forbid himself to benefit from his father. So, so since his father is released, since his father is released, therefore they're all released. Okay, that's the first case. But if he says that I will not benefit from you and you, and then when the first one is permitted, the last one is also permitted. If the last one is permitted, then the first ones, uh, then the first ones remain prohibited. In other words, he specified, but without realizing that one of them is his father. So you have three parts of this mission. The first example is, I will not benefit from any of you. He's talking to the whole group. And then it turns out one of them is his father. He never had a mind. He wasn't going to be disrespectful to his father. So if one of them is, is the father is released, the whole group is released. There's no vow. The second example is, I will not benefit from this one or from this one. So when if the first one is permitted, they're all permitted. And, but if the third case is, if the last one is permitted, he is permitted and all the rest are forbidden. Okay. So what uh, the Reisha is referring to the first two cases. According to the Rabbah, where he says that if one of them is permitted, the whole group is permitted, or if the first one, even when he spells it out, if the first one is permitted 
then all the rest are also permitted. Because a nether that's partially released, the whole vow falls apart. Had I known that my father was in this group, I would have changed it. I would have said that you and you are prohibited. And, and accept my father. As Rabbi explained that since he changed his formula, he said he would have changed his formula. Had he known that his father was there, he would have said that all of you are prohibited except my father. In the second case, where he said you, you, and you. But he said, had I known that my father was part of, that, part of you, I would have said all of you are prohibited except my father. Or when he said all of you, I would have said that you and you are prohibited except my father. So in that case, we can understand why Rabbi Kiva says that it's a, it's a vow that's been partially released and therefore the whole vow is like Basilio says. Then it's partially released and therefore it's permitted in everyone. They're all they're all allowed to, allowed to, he's allowed to benefit from all of them. And the last part also makes sense. Where he releases the last one. Not changing, he's not changing his formula. He's saying the exact same thing. He says, had I known it was my father, I would have said that all of you are prohibited and my father is permitted. He would have said that you and you are, are prohibited, and my father is permitted. Words, he says the exact same language. Rabbi says it's all a matter if he changes his formula, if he changes his language. If he changes his language, then, then it's, it's a partial release, and therefore, if the vow is released, the whole vow falls apart. That explains the first two cases. If he says all of you, and then it turns out one of them is his father, and he said, "I would not, I did not include my, I would never have said my father. I would have said you and you, and not my father." So the whole vow falls apart for anyone. Or if he says you and you are prohibited, and then he says, "I would have changed it and would have said all of you are prohibited except my father." Again, he's changing the language. It means he's releasing the first part of a part of the initial vow. So now the whole vow falls apart. Doesn't apply to anyone. He can benefit from anyone, not only from his father. But in the last case, Akiva says, where he uses the exact same language, he said, the vow was, you and you and you, and you all prohibited, he spells it all out, and he says, I didn't realize that one of them is my father, and happened to be the last one, I would have said, all, you, you, you are prohibited, and he's allowed, my father is allowed, so he's not changing the language, so therefore he was never included in the vow in the first place, so it's not a partial release, so the father, is, there's no vow, but the rest of them, there is a vow, that makes sense. But the question that Papa is asking, according to Rav, according to you, he's changing the language. I mean, the initial word, the initial verbiage did include the father, and now he's saying, "I'm taking my father out of out of it." You're taking your father out of it, so you're releasing part of your vow. If you release part of the vow, the whole vow falls apart. If you're not changing the wording, you're saying, "I never intended my father in the first place. He was never part of the vow. He's not a releasing a vow. He was never part of it." So according to Rabbi, Rabbi, Kiva's, Rabbi Kiva's three examples make sense. The first two examples, the vow sticks, stays. Prohibit, uh, the vow falls apart. The vow doesn't apply on anyone anymore. There is no vow anymore. Since it was a partial release, the whole vow falls apart. 
In the last case, since he's not changing the wording, he's telling his father was never included in the first place. It's not a release of a vow. He was never included. So the vow remains in effect for everyone else. He's not able to benefit from anyone in the group except for his father. So according to Rabbah, it makes sense. Our Papa is saying to Rabbah. But according to you, it makes no sense. So you're saying, Rabbah said that what? But the argument between Shammai and Bishilil, everyone agrees that a partial vow is not a vow. It, it falls apart. If you release partially, the whole vow falls apart. The argument is only in the case where do we follow the first... It, when he changes his language, do we follow the first? Is the first statement primary or the second statement primary? If he says, prime, if he said first, all of you, and then he says one by one, I would have said you and you are prohibited so the question is do we follow the first statement that all of you and clearly he's excluding his father and um, so therefore there is a partial release and therefore the whole um, um, I'm sorry he's excluding his father father was never really part of it so it's not a release of a vow, so the vow remains in effect for everyone else. Or we say, the rabbis say, Basila says no, he holds like Rabbi Yaisi, we follow the second language. The second language is primary. If we follow the second language, the second language is primary, then he is, he is, he is excluding his father, he's changing what he said initially. It is a partial release. So then the whole vow falls apart. Okay, so according to you, but according to you, the first case, the first two cases we can understand. Abakiva says, the case where he said, all of you, all of you are, I'm not going to benefit from any of you, all of you, the whole group. And then it turns out, one of them is his father. Yeah. You know his father. Father in the country. He's talking about even when he found out that he made a mistake, that his father was part of the group, he would have said, he would have said the same thing. All of you, I'm not going to benefit from any of you. With the, he would have added, with the exception of my father. Therefore, it says that the oath is canceled. The whole oath no longer applies to anyone. Because since it's a partial release, it's a partial release, because he said all of them except his father. So when he said all of you, it was it's, he's releasing his father. So it's a partial release. The whole vow falls apart for anyone. Why do you rabbis disagree with Rabbi Kiva? We can also understand the rabbis disagree with Rabbi Kiva. The rabbis say that even in that case, the vow does remain in effect. Why did the rabbi say, argue with Rabbi Kiva and say that the vow remains in effect? When he's excluding his father. You said everyone agrees that a vow that falls apart, that's released, partially released, the whole vow falls apart. So we, we can understand the rabbis, the rabbis are holding like Bishamai. We said, Rabbi explained that the reasoning of Bishamai is that since he changes the language. First he said, you and you and you, right? No, he no, he said all of you are prohibited. But and he said I would have said all of you are prohibited. He would have used the exact same language. Except for the father. 
right? So he's using the exact same language, and he's saying, except for my father. So the rabbi, Rabbi Shammai, holds like a mayor that you follow the first language. That was when he said, and initially all of you, it meant including his father. Including his father. And... Irrespective of his intent. Since he's saying, except the father, he never intended to his father. Since he's using the exact same language. Since he's using the exact same language, he's saying that had I known that my father was there, I would have said, all of you are prohibited except my father. So he's clarifying that when he said initially, all of you are prohibited, he never ever meant his father. His father was never part of the vow. So he's not releasing this father. It's not a partial release. He was never included. So the vow remains in effect for everyone else. So this explains why the rabbis disagree with Rabbi Kiva. The rabbi is saying, even in the first case, the vow remains in effect. Rabbi Kiva says that the whole vow falls apart. Because Rabbi Kiva follows Beis Hillel. That we follow the first, la- the first language. The first language meant all of you. Not, not the second language. And therefore, it's a partial release. Now he's saying, except my father is partially releasing the first language. And now the whole vow falls apart. But Rabbi, the rabbis disagree. The rabbis hold like, hold like Beishama. And they say, no, we follow the second language. The second language, the second statement is, except my father. is using exactly what he's saying, except my father. He's clarifying that what he meant initially, all of you, he never meant this father in the first place. So there's no release of a vow for his father. He was never included. But so the vow remains in effect for everyone else. Okay, that part we understand. We continue on side B, 26B, Elisefa, the last case. The Amma Lazel where he says, Had I known it was my father, had he known it was his father, he would have changed his formula. And he would have said, From this one and this one, and not my father. Rabbi Akiva, only Rabbi Akiva, my plea Since he's changing his formula. But Amrit, you said, you said in the case, in the case where he says, You and you. And then. He says, if I would have known, he changes the language. So he's clearly changing. In the beginning, I said all of you, which included everyone, including his father. Had I known it was my father, I would have changed my formula. I would have said differently. I would have said, you are permitted, you are permitted. My father and my brother is permitted. So that means that the initial vow is a partial release. A partial release. The whole vow should collapse, according to everyone. Why do the rabbis just give it up a that's what Rabbi said. The Rabbi said, because he's changing his language. He said, had I known, I would have said it differently. In other words, what I said, all of you, I meant everyone. But had I known, my, I meant everyone. I didn't know my father was there. Had I known my father was there, I would never have said all of you. Because all of you means everyone. I would have changed my language. If all of you never meant his father in the first place, why does he have to change his language? That's what Rabbi is saying. He said that. If he says, I would have said all of you except my father, fine. But he changes it. He said, I would have said... You are prohibited. He would have spelled out your name and your name, except my father. So the means he means what's he saying? When I said all of you, I meant everyone. Nobody is allowed to touch him. So now you're releasing your father. It's a partial release. It's a, that's what Rava says. That's how Rava explains it. You, you say differently. You're saying like Rava, but that's how Rava explains it. 
not Rabbi Kiva. There's no argument here. In this case, not only Rabbi Kiva, the rabbis would agree with him also. Rabbi Kiva, he, my plea at Abana, why are the rabbis arguing about Amr? You're saying, according to everyone in this case, it's allowed. If he changes the formula, and he's saying, why does he change the formula? Because he's saying, if, I would never say all of you, because all of you means everyone, period. I would never have said that. It means that the initial vow was partially released, and therefore partial release. All vows would collapse, according to everyone. According to Yudava, that even the rabbis agree with Rabbi Kiva, that, that a partial collapse, even Beishamay agrees that a partial vow is released, the whole vow collapses. So why is only Rabbi Kiva? It's even the rabbis. According to Rabbi, it does make sense. Rabbi Kiva's opinion does make sense. That all these all these rulings followed Rabbi Kiva, and you understand why the rabbis disagree. How did you explain the last part according to Rabbi? You said, the The vower said, from any of you. He didn't change his language. Initially he said, I'm not going to benefit from any of you. And even after he discovered it was his father, he also said, I'm not going to benefit from any of you. Except for my right. So we explained, Rabbi explained, since he didn't change his formula, that means he's saying that his father was never included. On the contrary, Rabbi said that since he didn't change his formula, he said all of you initially, and then he says, had I known, I would have said all of you, except my father. What he's saying is that when he said all of you, he never, like you were saying, he never meant his father. He, he meant all of you, strangers. Not, not, he was never included. So it's not a partial release. And that's why, and that's why the prohibition remains. But the question is, which one is the first one? Which one is the last one? If he's saying all of you, he's saying if the last one, if the first one is released, then the whole thing falls apart. The first one's released because all of them were built on the first one. The first one and you and you and you. But if he said the last one is released, only the last one's released, but everyone before him remains, remains uh, prohibited. By the, he's not allowed to benefit from any of them. If you're saying all of you, then he's not, he's not changing. Here he started out all of you. And then he says, had I known, I would have also used the same language. So who's the first and who's the second? There's no first, there's no second. He said all of you, one whole batch, together. So what difference does it make if the father was the first one or the father was the last one? If you're using the same language, according to your explanation, according to Rabba, that in the case we're the second case. I mean, the, 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 the case where he's saying the whole vow falls apart is talking about if he changes the language. So then since it's released, the whole partial release, the whole vow is released. Versus if he doesn't change the language, then he's saying it was never uh, never included in the first place, so it's not a partial release, so the vow remains intact. So why does he call it the first one or the last one? It's not the first and last. It means the exception, the exception of the father. It doesn't matter. Why does he call this first? He calls this last. Ella, rather, we have to say, I will explain like this. Both cases, according to Rabbi, both according to Rabbi and me, and Rabbi saying, according to Rabbi and myself, the first part of the mission is, is talking about a case where he says, I will not benefit from any of you. A blanket, the whole group, any of you. Seifo, and the second part, the second two parts, 
is talking about he tied one to the other he says you and you and you he's adding one on top of the other and therefore then it has nothing to do with our discussion since he's, he's saying I'm prohibiting you and then he says and you and you and you so they're all riding on the first vow so if I release the first vow the whole thing collapses like a, like a house of cards like, like a, a domino effect versus if I release the last one the last one that I added on He's released, but everyone before him remains prohibited. It has nothing to do with our discussion. I'll also bring you, I'll also uh, prove it to you. The Tanya, we learned the Braise, Hutter Haim If the middle one was permitted, anything after him is permitted, because everyone was hanging, was, was built on him. He's the link. If you remove the link, anything that follows is, is over, there's no vow. But uh, anyone before him remains prohibited. So it's nothing, we're not talking about, it's not the discussion whether the vow is partially permitted, partially released. That's not the discussion of the, the, the Mishnah there. It's not about a partial release. And the question is if a partial release, the whole vow is, is falls apart, or it's not considered a partial release. That's not the argument, it's not the discussion of Rabbi Kiva there. The discussion there is, he added one on top of the other on top of the other. So what's he saying? No one is arguing? It's not just Rabbi Kiva. In this case, why would the rabbis argue? Maybe the rabbis are not arguing. What's to do with our earlier discussion? The beginning of the Mishnah, the Mishnah is discussing an argument, Rabbi Kiva and the rabbis, whether uh, a vow is partially released, if the whole thing is released. Then he, the Mishnah introduces a whole new thing, a whole new discussion, nothing to do with the previous discussion. Here there's no argument. Everyone agrees. That if you say you're prohibited, and then you add, and you, and you, and you, and you, if you release the first one, the whole thing, they're all released. And if you release the last one, or the middle one, from that point on, they're released. And everything before that is prohibited, period. Now we're getting back to our initial argument. Question. We learned in the Mishnah later on. A person says... I make a vow, I'm never going to touch an onion. The taste. Why? Because it's bad for the heart. Amrullah, yeah, he knows he had bad, he had misinformation. Margarine is good for you. Butter is terrible. Amrullah, he said, what are you talking about? It's great for your heart. A kufri onion is wonderful for your heart. You have misinformation, you're misinformed. Margarine is deadly. Butter is healthy. In this case, he's allowed to eat kufri, the kufri variety of, 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 of an onion, which is healthy for you. Because the whole thing was an unwitting vow. We already learned earlier, a vow that was unwitting, the whole vow, the vow never takes effect. So when he prohibited onions, he thought all onions. But there was a reason, because it's not healthy for you. When he finds out that there's a certain onion that's very healthy for your heart, it was never included in the vow. He doesn't need a release. Not only is he released from the vow, he's allowed to eat Now he's allowed to eat any any onion because since the whole thing was a, a false assumption, he thought that all all uh, onions are not healthy for you, and therefore he vowed they're all onions, a vow that's partially released. Because some onions are good for you, then the whole vow falls apart. 
I saw how you have eaten a mayor bechol absolim. This actually happened. A mayor says you don't need you don't need to release you. You're allowed to eat all onions. So what's the question? My love, surely the Omar ilu yisi yadeish akuf yavah lev. Surely we're talking about a case where he says, had I known that the kufri variety of onions is good for your heart, yisi aimer, I would have said kol absolim asurim. I would have said all. Onions are prohibited to me. I still want to prohibit onions because on, the rest of onions are not good for you, not healthy for you, for your heart. And I have a heart condition. But kufri, kufri is allowed. So what the question is, you said in such a case where he uses the exact same language, right? He doesn't change the language. He uses the exact same expression. What did he say initially? All onions are prohibited to me, period. Then when he finds out that he made a mistake, so he says, I would have used the exact same language. All onions are prohibited to me, with the exception of kufri, the kufri onion. And in that case, you said that Beishamay says, Rava, the way Rava explained our mission, Beishamay says, when you use the exact same formula, you follow the initial. You follow the initial, the primary statement, like Rabbi Meir is the, is the first statement. That all onions are prohibited. And you meant all onions. Now you're revealing that you never ever intended the kufri. You intended all onions that are not healthy for your heart. So it was never part of the vow. That's why the kufri is allowed. According to Meishama, you would say the kufri is allowed. But the other onions, the vow remains in effect. It's not a vow that's been partially released. It was never included. And you're saying Beishamai holds like Abmeir, so surely Abmeir holds, like, holds like Beishamai. So why does Abmeir say there was a story and then said Abmeir said it's allowed? According to you, according to Beishamai, you hold like Abmeir. The rabbis hold, basically holds like Abyasi. Beishamai, you said, holds like Abmeir. If Beishamai holds like Abmeir, surely Abmeir holds, holds like Beishamai. So according to the Beishamai, if you follow the primary language, the first language is the primary language, the first statement, when he said all onions, he meant all onions. And then he's clarifying that I never ever intended the kufri, so it was never part of the equation. It was never part of the equation. Then the vow remains in effect for all onions, because it was never part of it. It wasn't a release. It wasn't a partial release. There's no partial release. It was never included. So how, how did Rabbi Meir allow this person to eat all onions? He said the whole vow falls apart. It's a partial release. He might have said, Lord, he might have answered. Rabbi said, Rabbi answered Rabbi Rabbi's question. He says, no. We're talking about a case where he says, had I known that the kufri variety of onions are healthy for your heart, I would have said, he would have changed the language. That this, he would have specified, this, this variety of onion and this variety of onion is prohibited. And you said that since everyone, when he changes the language, everyone holds... That means that the initial language, initial vow is partial release. And therefore the whole vow falls apart. I made a that I keep it, I that money holds according to everyone.